0: So let's read this together. This is Ephesians 6.10. It says, Finally, brother, be strong in the Lord and the power is might. Put on the whole armor of God. Everybody say whole armor. Whole armor. armor. Everybody say whole armor. armor. Getting a little bit more participation. Uh, This is a pass-fail class. If you participate, you Pass. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We we discussed this in week one here about what the wiles of the devil are. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, Verse 12 here, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness, against rulers of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore... Having your loins girt about with truth. So here's the belt of truth. Having the breastplate of righteousness. Here's the breastplate of righteousness. I'm having trouble talking this morning. I didn't drink enough of a Red Bull. I only had an 8-ounce instead of a 12-ounce, guys. Sorry. Uh, and 15 is your feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace. And here we go. Verse 16. Everybody say, above all. I'm having to get y'all participating because y'all no one else had a Red Bull either this morning. Above all. Taking the shield of faith, wherein you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, taking the shield of faith, so you can quench all the fiery darts. You know, there's an interesting thing that the shield was a super important piece of the armor. Are you aware of that? It's like one of the most, the biggest piece. Matter of fact, if you, who's ever seen the movie 300? Fantastic movie. Uh, We should just like play the 300 and like watch it. And then then we could get a great understanding of the importance of the shield. Because as they're getting ready to go out in battle, the Spartans kind of had this thought of how much you needed to fight with your shield and how useful it was. They were very, very ingrained in this understanding of the importance of armor, but specifically the shield. And they said it this way in the movie, and I loved it. And they said... And this is actually something like the Spartan kind of people thought, which was, come back with your shield or on it. I mean, you don't come back without a shield. You either come back with it because you survived it, or they're going to be carrying because they carried people on their shields and carried them back. You either come back with it or on it. That's kind of a funny thing if we think about faith. You come back with your faith or just on your faith. So the shield is important. It's huge. It's really important. What else are some pieces of the shield? The shield is an interesting piece because it requires action. We have some shields here. Are they doing anything? Are they useful at all? No. I mean, a, probably a paper ball could knock them over. If I ducked behind these without putting my arm in any of the, the they would just fall over. They're very. Please don't touch them. Uh, <laughs> it's literally duct tape and Velcro up here, guys. Uh, <laughs> so. So they're useless unless they have some action behind them. You know, the interesting thing is every other piece of armor that we've talked about, it has one action, put it on and then stay in it. The shield is a little different. The shield requires some action behind it because it can sit here like this right here all morning long and really do nothing, right? It requires some action. The shield requires action to use. Now... We're going to look at a scripture, Hebrews 4.11, a little bit later, but I'm giving it to you twice because it's a pretty big piece of it. So write down Hebrews 4.11. We're going to look at this. Now, there's another interesting thing that they did with shields. See how we have them lined up here? See how they're overlapped? This one's overlapped with this one. This one's overlapped with this one. Shields were made to be joined together to create what they called a shield wall. I think that another term is this phalanx. It's like the way that they form, formed up. There was different ways you could do the formation. But they're made to be joined together because together they became stronger, right? You see these have a point at the bottom. If I left one just sitting here without something beside it, what would it do? It's topple over. But when it's joined together, all of a sudden now it's got some strength. Now it needs to be joined together and we're going to look at a couple of scriptures with of that. Now there's one other interesting piece about this shield. This is all the history of the shield so you understand the analogy that the shield makes. I have to get this great baseline down for you. The other thing was the way that the shield was used and it was used like this right here. Look, we even put some little armholes. except for my arm is not that long. But <laughs> you held it like this right here. But it was always held with the left arm and when it was held up with the left arm it was done like this right here. Now, is this holding up? This is how they would hold it. A little bit out here maybe. But like this right here. Half of my body is covered. The other half is not. Do you know who covers the other half? The person beside me. That other shield covers this half. They overlap it to here. And then that way they're pushing and I'm pushing. And our strength together be- creates this wall. But it was held off to the side like that. And it only covered just a portion of it. Look, Randy's face got me worried it was about to fall over. <laughs> so what is the shield of faith in and why faith? Why, why wasn't it the shield of, of peace? We talked about shields of peace. Why wasn't the shield of peace or the shield of righteousness? Why, why faith? Well, because faith is the only thing that you have that can be joined with someone else's. It's like a transferable energy that you, that you have almost, that you can, you can use and compare and, 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 and combine with other people to cause something completely different. Your peace is not really transferable to somebody else's, okay? give you an example. I went with my buddy Ron a while back, and we went into the ocean, and we went uh, snuba diving, which is like half scuba, half like, snorkeling. You have a little thing, and it goes up to the surface, right? I'm terrified of sharks. If you're not aware of that, I hate flip-flops, I'm terrified of sharks. Basically, I don't like the beach. So <laughs> I'm terrified of sharks. And we were there, and my wife and Ron and I, and we were all hanging out. And they're like, let's go. And I'm like, no. And I made a joke, talk about your words have power. I said, I'm not getting in there cuz sure enough, I'll cut myself and then blood and then sharks can smell blood from like 5 miles away and then they're going to come. I kid you not. We weren't in the water for more than like a minute and I cut my hand on the bottom and I was like and like if you could hear snorkeling, it was going I was like hyperventilating in the water. I did not have peace in this situation no matter how peaceful Ron and my wife they were like, "Oh, look at the fishies." I'm like and I swam the whole time with my hand like this right here cuz I was terrified. But their peace did not transfer to me. Not in the least. We were even connected to the same air and oxygen. I hope you hear that because the spirit is air and oxygen. It's, the spirit is breath. We were connected to the same thing, but his peace couldn't transfer to me. But his faith can because his faith that sharks would not come made me say, all right, I guess. Like, And actually my thought was as long as we're not on the edge, I've watched Jaws enough, they get whoever's the furthest out. So I was making sure there's like 30 people between me and the deep sea, okay? I hadn't seen the Meg at that point, otherwise I would not have got in there, no. But his faith did, right? He had faith. He was completely convinced and confident, so was my wife, that no shark is going to come and bite us. They even had the audacity to tell me sharks aren't in this part of the ocean, bull. I Googled it. I was looking. I was like, no, it actually says there's bull sharks, and that's the worst kind of bite, like I was, it made me more terrified. But yet their faith somehow inspired me to say, you know what, I can do that. And then I just pushed my wife in the way just in case. No, I'm just kidding. But that's why faith, it's the only thing that's transferable. It's the only thing that we can bond together with someone else. That's why they chose the shield of faith and not, you know, the shoes of faith. You know, everybody says, oh, it's the walk of faith, so it's shoes of faith. No, no, shoes for the, for the path that you're on. But shield is to be joined with someone else to become stronger. And this is the difference that we're going to look at this morning as we go through this. We're going to look at the two shields. There's God's shield of faith, and then there's man's shield of faith. What is the word faith real quick? We're going to look at it in Scripture, but if we were to say the word faith generically to all of us, most of us think of one word after that, belief, right? If you really look it up, it's like to be completely convinced of something, anything. It doesn't just even... apply to spirituality and things, right? My kids have faith that when we get in the car, I'm not going to wreck sometimes. My wife has faith that, you know, her alarm clock's going to go off in the morning so she can get up for work. A lot of you have faith that you work all week long and you're going to get a paycheck every other week or however you get paid, right? That's a version of faith. We don't really think about it like that because we are so convinced of that thing that we don't really have to worry about that. But what's the opposite of of this shield of faith from God. Well, it's the shield of faith of men. And here's the differences right here. Are you ready? One, this is God's faith. This is God's shield. It is God reliant. It is fully relying on God. Frog it. Fully rely on God. Y'all ever go eat sweet frogs? Fully rely on God, right? That's that's his faith is saying, fully relying on me. Here's man's over here is self reliance. Self reliance says, I got to make this I have faith that I can make this work. God's faith over here, fully relying on God, that God can make this work. Now, we're going to look at this in some extreme detail uh, this morning. Here's kind of the way I thought about it. So you've, you've got God's thoughts towards you, and then you've got religion taught over here. You know, interesting if you see this, everything that man's armor is, is the polar opposite. And it becomes these rules and regulations that make it impossible for you to reach God. But this one over here is God's thoughts. This one over here is just religion taught. Have you ever been taught something and you forgot it like before you even got out, I hate webinar classes. I've had to do some recently with my new job. And it's like, sit here for four hours and listen to this. It's like, Charlie Brown. Like, I just I forgot everything that was there. But yet, whenever I start thinking about something and I start, start diving into thoughts, you don't forget those near as much when you meditate on it day and night. Maybe would come to mind a little bit here. So, let's look at this real quick. We're going to define... Man's shield and God's shield. I'm going to say something that may upset you, and I'm sorry, but it's going to. Man's faith, self-reliance. Here's how I would define self-reliance right here: is trying to fill a gap or a hole in something, because you see a hole or a gap in life, and you try to fill it yourself. Self-reliance. Now, we're going to dive into God's in just a minute, but let's look at it like this. There's nothing you can do. We discovered this with the breastplate of righteousness. There's nothing you can do to become righteous, right? We saw that you were made that way. You can't become it. You were made that way. All you got to do is put it on. You're good. But see, with faith, we, we have this interesting concept of self-reliance in life as well as our spirituality. And what we end up doing is we end up thinking, I've got this and I'm going to do it. This is something in Scripture that's commonly referred to as the law, comes up quite a bit if you look all throughout Scripture. The law. The law could mean all kinds of things. It could mean the Mosaic law, which is like all the laws of Moses. This would include, but not limited to. It sounded like a little (laughs) warranty commercial included, but not limited to. It it includes like the Ten Commandments, but not limited to that. Right? It goes all over the place. That's a version of the law. And that is man's attempt to reach God is the law. Now, and we're going to show you this. Self-reliance is enacting the law and saying, I've got to do this. I'm going to show you a scripture that's about to blow this thing wide open. That is man's shield that says, I've got to do this. Who's ever said, I don't know what I'm going to do? Who's had a situation in life? I had one this morning. My wife was sick. All three of my kids said, I want to go to church, which in me is like, great, you want to go to church? And then I'm like, what am I going to do? I have to take care of all three of the kids by myself. Which my kids are great. But still, got to make sure they're up. And then, like, did you brush your teeth? Yes, I brushed your teeth, Levi. You did not brush your teeth. Did you fix it? Levi, you're wearing flip-flops and jeans. I hate flip-flops. Flip-flops and jeans. And the jeans are orange. Or, 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 and, then the, and then the shirt is red. This doesn't go together, Levi. What am I going to do? I'm going to read you something in Matthew 5.17. Matthew 5.17 says this. This is Jesus talking. Okay? Here's what he says. He's having a conversation. He says, This. He says, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have come, I have not come to destroy, sorry, but to fulfill. Some scriptures say fulfill it or fulfill the law. This is an interesting scripture because doesn't that just sound contrary to what I just told you? Doesn't it? And all the things about righteousness that sounds like we're disproven. But I'm going to show you something that's huge. He says, I didn't come to destroy it or to dismantle it and just take it all apart and undo what has been done. He says, I came to fulfill it. This word fulfill is a very interesting word right here. This word fulfill means this right here. It means to satisfy as if a hole being filled. So he says, I didn't come to dismantle it. I came to fulfill it. I came to satisfy that thing. And I came to fill it in like a hole. Now, let me ask you this. (laughs) I heard a funny little riddle. It says, all right, it takes $2 a hole to dig a hole for two days. And uh, how do you dig a half hole? can't dig a half a hole because a hole is a hole. It doesn't matter how deep it is or how shallow it is. It's still a hole. So think about that for a minute. Think about a hole. If I could dig a hole in the stage, I would have. When you fill in a hole with dirt or concrete or something, can you keep filling it? No. You know what it becomes then? A mound. Right? Let's take a hole, let's dig it, and let's put four times as much dirt that was in there to begin with. What happens? It becomes a mound. I want you to think about this in life real quick. There's a hole, there's a chasm that needs to be filled, and then we try to fill it ourselves, but then it's already been filled because Christ said he came to do it, and we keep trying to fill it. So you know what we do? We create something called a mound, or in our lives, we like to call them Mountains. We create mountains in our lives because we keep trying to fill something that's already been filled. Take a glass of water, fill it up, and then keep pouring water in it. What does it do? It makes a mess everywhere, right? Fulfill means to satisfy. It means to completely fill in that hole. There's nothing more needs to be done for this thing over here. It's done. Finito. That's not a word, but I just made it up. It's finished, right? It's completed. Done. So every time we begin to try to put ourselves into the law and say, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, these are all the right things to do and the wrong things to do. No, all you're doing, it's something that's already been filled. I read it out of your book, right? It says fulfill the law. Jesus came and satisfied it. It's no longer hungry. It doesn't need anything else. It doesn't need any more sacrifice. It doesn't need anything from you. It's already done. And matter of fact, here's the part that may upset you. The very fact when you think you need to, you're diminishing what Christ already did because you're saying, you know what? Jesus didn't fill that enough. He didn't do enough for that. So I've got to help him out a little bit. Jim says this all the time. I think it's funny. He's like, well, sometimes God needs a little help. He says it as a joke, right? But that's kind of how we think. We think, oh, Jesus came and did it. So when you try to fulfill that thing, this law, this man's shield of the law, you're actually saying Jesus wasn't enough. He didn't actually do what he said he was going to do. I've got to do it for him. I want you to think about that for a minute. That's that's kind of a bold statement to think. He already did it. And when you start to try to say, no, I've got to do, I've got to, you are actually diminishing what Jesus said he already did. To an extent, saying he lied because he just said it right there. That he came and satisfied it. It's done. But then this interesting thing comes on the flip side. Of, if you keep reading, this is where he talks about all the law is fulfilled in these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. In this, all the law is fulfilled. You don't have to worry about all that because I've already fulfilled that. All you fulfill is this other thing over here, which is called faith. Believing and loving and relationship. All of that's over here. That's your job. That's it. Don't worry about the rest of that stuff. And I hear you right now in your head thinking, well, Jared, Jared, Jared. Does that mean that I can, I'm going to use something that hopefully none of us think, that I can sleep around on my spouse? Can speaks to ability. Can you do it? Go for it. Is it wise? No. But let me ask you this. Do you want to? Well, no. Why? You have a relationship with your wife or your spouse. I always say wife, sorry, because I'm a a guy, so I think wife. So husband, whatever. Why do I not want to? Why do you not want to? You have a relationship with that individual, and it causes you to just, I don't want to do that. I want to go do this. My wife was sick. And she loves my tea. I suck at making tea, by the way. I just put a ton of sugar and a ton of lemon in it. And she thinks it tastes good. She's like, I just can't make it your way. It's because we ran out of sugar, honey. I can't make it again. I dumped the whole thing of sugar in there. It's really nice and sweet and horrible for you. But (laughs) why? I did that. I I made her tea and I tried to. And over 12 years, I've perfected. I know exactly how much sugar she likes in her coffee. Taryn doesn't make her own coffee. You want to know why? She doesn't even know how to make it anymore. Over 12 years, I've perfected the art of making sure my wife... See, I can talk about my wife, but she's not here. Making sure when she wakes up, we all have a good day. The right cup of coffee does it for you. Right? Why? I have a relationship, so I want to do these things. No one told me. It was not in our marriage contract on the back. You must make me a cup of coffee with two cups of sugar. It wasn't in there. It was no law. It was nothing there. I just wanted to do it because of the relationship. So all of those questions, whatever it is, think of the craziest ones that you want to think of to the simplest ones you want to think of about what you must and must not do, and all of them have the same answer, would you want to? The more you have a relationship with God and you say, John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease, the less you even worry about those things. Right? Okay. Whew. That was a lot. That was, that was my big drop right there. Now, here's, here's man's shield, and then we're going to move on to God's shield, and here it is right here. It's standing alone because it's self-reliant. I stand alone. So I grip my shield. I told y'all, it's all right, just leave it. It's fine. We're about to pick them all up in a minute. I'm gonna rip my nice new shirt. Dustin, what is this, like He-Man arms? I can't do this. I'm gonna have to use both arms. Just imagine I'm holding it over here. So, (laughs) but we've got the shield and we're standing alone like this right here and we're saying, all right, I got this. And you're ready to take on anything, but all you're taking on is all of your own failures. You're building your own mound, your own enemy to come against and saying, Oh, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. You're self-defeating. But you know what else one shield does? It leaves you completely exposed. I am completely exposed everywhere else, but there's this one little area. You're blindsided because you think, I got this by myself. And I can do this. And a lot of you are thinking, oh, yeah, I don't think that. God saved me. I'm not going to hell. Get your mind out of that side of it and think about every other situation in your life, every other person in your life. You're saying, I got this. I can make sure that this person uh, does the right thing. Or I can make sure that, that my brother doesn't screw up and, and, and uh, cheat on his wife. Y'all was like, exactly what business do I have with that? Right? I can do it. You stand alone. And you're vulnerable everywhere. Let's see if we can not make this fall. <laughs> one shield. That's, that's man's shield, is I got this. God's shield is this one right here. And this is where we're going to get into kind of the, the final little aspect of this. Is Here's how I would like to define God reliance. I'm going to say it this way. Acting on complete certainty and being convinced that God has your best interest at heart. To me, when you say I'm relying on God and I've got faith, I'm picking up my shield of faith, that's what I think of. I think you're acting in complete certainty, right, and being convinced that God has my best interest at heart. That is trust, right? Trust that he has my best interest at heart. Frances said this, I don't know who said it originally, but I loved it. She said, you know, uh, and I may you know, make this a horrible statement, but she said, You know, I heard sin is the sneaking suspicion that God doesn't have your best interest at heart. It's this thing that that keeps getting inside you thinking, he doesn't have my best interest. I can't have full reliance and be fully convinced that he has my best interest. So he doesn't, so I'm going to step over here because I'm going to fill that gap. And I'm going to fill that hole. And I've got this. Right? There's scriptures saying, all your ways acknowledge him. We read it last week, Right? What is is that? Being fully convinced that he has your best interest at heart. That is the shield of faith. Now, we also talked about what faith was made of, this material called hope. We talked about that in the Total Facial series, so if you want to dive into that one, go back and listen to the Total Facial series. But we talked about how the shield of faith is the material it's made of, is this thing called hope. And we're going to read something right here in Hebrews 11.1. Now, Hebrews 11.1 says it like this right here. It says, now faith, this is basically a biblical definition for faith right here. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance. It's made up of these things that you hope for. That's what faith is, right? It's how it's constructed. It's made up of hope. You've hoped for it. And then it's evidence. Your faith becomes the evidence of something you can't see. We serve a God in which you cannot see, guys. I'm sorry, you can't see it. There's not a person alive today, or that had ever been alive that I'm aware of that has actually seen God. Even everybody's like, "Oh, what about like Moses or Abraham or you know all these other?" Things? No, it says that he showed him his glory, meaning like his hind, like the the backside of it. That'd be like you, you, my face. Could y'all imagine if I was so handsome? You couldn't even look at me everybody's laughing right now my wife would be really laughing Uh, (laughs) I worked out on Saturday guys like look you know right God's so beyond us that no one's even looked on him so it's something we can't see everything about your spiritual belief is something you cannot see so if you're looking for evidence in the natural that's only the backside of it that random check that I got was the backside of God's glory, the backside of who he is. I didn't see God through that. That was just something that was because of, because I was standing in this position. It's the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things that you will not see, you have not seen. No eyes seen, no ear has heard what God has in store. There's this path, there's this thing, but I stay fully convinced of it. Think to yourself real quick, are you fully convinced of, that God has your best interest at heart? I can honestly say over the last year for me and my experiences, there was times where I was wondering, God, did you have my best interest at heart in this? Right? I had a brain tumor, guys. My wife and I both struggled because we know God is a healer. Who believes God's a healer? I believe God's a healer. I believe he can, he, can, he can completely miraculously heal you. So I was thinking, God, we believe that. Why didn't? Like, why? But for Why? And I struggled with thinking, did he have my best interest at heart? Now, I'm not saying God gave me the tomb or anything like that. I'm not even saying that he didn't uh, 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 heal me of it because of something I did, right? Uh, y'all are jumping right over back here in the law. It has nothing to do with that. I do know he used it, though. And I stand fully convinced over here that had it not been for the Lord on my side, this is another scripture, All my enemies would have. Because when I had that brain tumor, that would have swallowed me alive in misery and sorrow. And I would have been, oh, poor pitiful me. I had a brain tumor at 20, however old, 29 years old. Uh, Sorry. I just remember I'm 30, guys. That's all I remember at this point. (laughs) But at 29 years old, and oh, no, no, I lost my business. And no, God didn't have my best interest at heart. So I say, I don't want to stand in all of this. I'm going to stand over here and stand alone. And I'm going to figure this out. And I tried to for six eight months, I tried to say, honey, I'm going to figure this out. And you know what? I just made a bigger mess because I kept trying to fill something that was already filled. And God said, just trust that I have your best interest at heart. Because if you stand in with my belt of truth, my breastplate of righteousness, and walk the path with the peace I gave you. And then hold that shield up. It takes some action. And hold it up and say, I stand fully convinced no matter what it looks like, no matter what's coming my way. I don't care how, how, what my kids have done. I don't care how my wife is acting. I don't care how, how Steph sings on Sunday morning. Just give me a hard time. She struggles all the time. She texted me last night. I'm going to call you out right now. Call me out. I just don't know. I just don't want to miss God. And she said, I don't know why God chose me. That's why, because you don't want to miss him. she's saying, I stand fully convinced that he called me. That's all it requires. I stand fully convinced in this. Done, son. That's it. I'm going to quote off a few scriptures to you real quick. Actually, I'm going to read one of these. Romans 3:19. Sorry. I get excited, guys, and I start yelling. And I can call out Steph and my brother and all these people cuz they love me and they don't have a choice. So. <laughs> Romans 3:19. This, we're actually not going to read this exact uh, scripture, So, because I, I wrote down this whole thing, and I wanted to read it all to you, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to. If you start at verse 19 all the way to verse 31, read that on your own time. So Romans 3, verse 19 all the way to 31. I know, it's like, what? That's like 20 scriptures, man. Like, yeah, like, read them all. But if you read through this, this whole thing is talking about this thing between the law and faith and the law and faith. This argument, by the way, has been going on since since Jesus. It has been going on and we all still get confused by it. But he's talking about, is it by the law or is it by faith? And he makes this interesting statement right here in verse 27. And it says, what do we boast in? So do we boast in our own law that we can keep up this law and keep filling this in? Do we boast that we made our own life mountain that we now have to climb? Do we boast in that? Or what do we boast in? He says this right here. Is it by exclusion? By what law? The law of works? No. But the law of faith. Who knows that Texas has a law, or had a law, that you can buy a hammer on Sunday, but you can't buy nails on Sunday. Did you know that used to be a Texas law? She can't do work on Sunday. That was a law. Okay, I'm using a ridiculous one. But uh, you could have another one. You know there's one that you can't shoot a buffalo out of the second story of a hotel? You could shoot it out of the first floor or the third floor, but not the second floor. So someone did really stupid things on the second floor of a hotel and shot a buffalo can't walk down the right side of the road with your left pant leg tucked in because that means you're a cattle thief. You know, these are actually, they're called Texas Blue Laws. Go look them up. These are laws that are in place. But then there's laws that start to supersede that because they make a new law. Right? There's all kinds of laws that we have that way. There's all kinds of laws that were established when our country was first founded, right? And they've been overturned. They've been changed. Some to the good, some to the bad. But Jesus came, and this scripture shows us right here. It's not by that law of works that was in existence. And Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy it and say it wasn't here. Right? He said, I didn't come to destroy it. It's there. It's a real thing. But we got some veto power. And he said, veto, filled that law, and he made a new one, and it's called the law of faith. The law of standing, fully convinced by it, is all you've got to do. Wouldn't that be great if the United States could simplify all of our, however many tens of thousands of laws by this point we have, down to one? They're not as good as Jesus. Jesus did that. He said, all of that, I've satisfied it, I've fulfilled it, boom. It's The law of faith, the law of standing, fully convinced that God has your best interest at heart, right? Now, a couple of scriptures to prove some of the things I said to you, because you may be wondering. He said he had a lot of scriptures. I do. I'm going to quote them to you real quick for a minute. So back when we were talking about faith requires action... Okay? Faith requires action almost sounds like a double negative kind of a concept, right? It's like, wait, you're telling me it's not works, but then you're telling me to have faith that requires actions. I don't understand. There's a scripture in James that says faith without works is dead. Uh, You know? What, what, is, what does this mean? That's James 2. It says, faith without works is dead. So, Oh, it's not just standing fully convinced of it. It's you got to do these things. No, no, no. Y'all are misunderstanding this works, this action that it's talking about. The action actually is the belief and saying, I stand fully convinced. So because I stand fully convinced, I don't go around worrying. Right? I stand fully convinced this platform will hold me. I built it. With Jonathan and Ron and Dustin, I stand up here fully convinced I will not fall through. The first Sunday, not so much. But you know what's interesting? The next Sunday, I was like, yeah, it ain't going to go nowhere. Then we're like, let's put three people on it. Hey, let's try this thing out more. That's an interesting thing about what happens when you stand fully convinced in what God can do. You start to say, oh. Well, he did do that. You know, it does work. Let's try a little bit more. And you start to walk this path of faith out. And all of a sudden you look up and the things that you thought you could never believe God for. All of a sudden you're believing him for because that's the action that it takes. Is you have to stay standing fully convinced. That's why you have to put on all the other armor first, by the way. Because once you know the truth, it will set you free. Once you have the breastplate of righteousness and you know how you were made, that I was made in this stance with God to be able to communicate with him. And I know that he has my best interest at heart, so I put on his peace in it as I'm walking out this path. And I stand with this shield saying, I'm not moving. I will not be moved. I will not bend. I will not bow. I will not break from this stance because I know that I know that I know that I know. Have you ever been fully convinced something's right? And you will argue tooth and nail Even when you're proven wrong by something that seems like they proved you wrong, you still say, no, I, know." I had a scenario like that with my wife just a few nights ago. We were arguing about something. And I was saying, Taryn, I'm telling you. And we weren't like really mad at each other, but we were, no. (laughs) And we were arguing about this thing. And even when I, I'm happy to say I proved her wrong, in my view, she still doesn't think so. Because she said, it doesn't matter what you're seeing, because that's what the world does. It says, you're saying God's good and da-da-da, but you got a brain tumor. And it's like, oh, well, that, that does, I guess God didn't have my best. And you start to put down the shield and lay it around, and it does nothing anymore. You start to back out of it because someone else is trying to prove you wrong. But all your work, all your action is to say, I don't care. I believe that the sky is green and not blue. That's what we were arguing about. I'm just kidding. That's not what we were arguing about. <laughs> right? It doesn't matter what it looks like around me. I will not be moved from this stance. I will not be moved from this armor that he has given me. I will not be moved from this stance with the shield. Now, a couple other scriptures that I want to say. So what about this joining together? Is this scriptural joining together? Is this just like an analogy? There's about umpteen hundred. That's a literal number. It's a redneck number. It's when we can't count past ten. We just say umpteen hundred. Ephesians five nineteen says this. It says, sing together, join together in praise to the Lord. In Matthew 18, 19, and 20, it says, do not forsake, or sorry, it says, when any two or three are gathered in his name, there I am in the midst of them. So when there's more people together, boom, what? He's there. Now, there is... A little illustration I want to do for you. Can we do that? We're going to. Ron, can you come help me? Let's see. I'm going to use some guys. So Uncle Randy, Mike, and Justin. I'll just pick the the guys here. Y'all come all up here. Trust me, you can stand on this. All right. Everybody grab a shield real quick. Um, Dustin put the screws in there so they may poke you a little bit. (laughs) So here's what I want you guys to do. We're gonna practice Roman infantry tactics. So make a shield wall. Everybody say shields up! Shields up, guys! Here, let me help. <laughs> shields up. Now, now they're, they're getting pretty close. But we got some gaps in our in our faith. Now, what y'all need to do is make sure that his is behind that one, yeah. You've got to get really close. They've got to overlap quite a bit here. And then yours needs to be over that one. Yeah, yeah. like that right there. Shield wall. I'm going to try to jump through this, guys. (laughs) So they've made us a shield wall. Now, the interesting thing is, is actually, when I push against each and every one of these, I'm actually pushing against two people at the same time. Now, it says fiery darts of the enemy, because if you leave a gap, so let's say Ron decides, you know what, I don't really like Justin that much, and he leaves a gap, guess where arrows can get through now? All through here. They're exposed because they left this gap in it. This is the purpose of the church, by the way. This is boot camp. Because, not because we literally need shields. like We're not going to be riot armor suppression and like, go fighting people. Like, again, remember, our battle is not with what? Flesh and blood. Our battle is a supernatural battle. It's a representation. This is not an actual shield. So... <laughs> But if we don't stand close together and overlap together, we can't withstand what the enemy is doing. And they would take this. The Romans would take this force like this, and they would say, here, let's move this out of the way a little bit. They would do this right here. They would say, put the shield down on the ground. Like this." Let's see how fast. All right, guys, y'all ready? We're going to time them. I need y'all to make the shield wall overlap. You can't, like, cheat and, like, start off overlapped. They would do this right here. When they was ready for battle, they would say, shields up. And everybody bring up their shields. And it may take Mike a minute. And <laughs> he's new to the church. He doesn't know. <laughs> so he's here. And they say, shields up. And then they say, march. And then they do that right there. Thank you, Ron. Yeah. Because that's what happens if someone else says, yeah, let's march. And the rest say, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not fully convinced that this is the way God wants us to go. I didn't even plan that. I and mean, he did it perfectly. I was expecting, but... <laughs> So they say, shield's up, and they make that wall, and then it says, march, and everybody goes, whoom. And then the new guy still is a little behind. (laughs) Right, what? And they say, march. I'm not going to march you off the stage, right? But they say, march, and they take another step. And every time the enemy is pushing against it, they say, march, and they push, and they push it back more together. But you know what, everybody, but Justin, if you can step to the side. But if Justin's here, and I'm here, and I'm saying, march, I've got a much better stance, right? Because he's by himself, but the second he conjoins it and they interlap it all together and they say, now march. Now don't step because you're going push me off the stage. <laughs> march. They're all together. This is God's faith. This is God's kingdom. The way he wants you to do, the way he wants you to be fully convinced is to say, get beside each other. Get to connected together. Because that is how you can stay fully convinced because you can look beside you to the right and to the left and say, well, they're still convinced. I guess I should be convinced because sometimes we have rough weeks. Sometimes we have rough days. Sometimes you encounter something that is a mountain in which you may have created or someone else may have been keep trying to fill it in for you. But if you stand together and look together and say, no, I stand fully convinced, can join together and make a shield wall, shields up, all of our faith combined together. There's nothing that can stand against us because guess what? There's more than two or three here. It says God's in the midst of them. Now, I'm not saying I am God, but then God's behind you. He's got your back. And he's helping here, pushing with you. I'm not going to push you off the stage. Don't worry. I'm going around you. If it was Cameron, he may have it. <laughs> I help push with them right from from this wall. And I may even come out here. There's another tactic that they do here. And let's do, uh, well, we're kind of out of shields here. But let's do one in the front, two, and then Ron, just for the sake of it, you stand behind Justin. There's another thing that they do. They make a wall, and that's when they're trying to push slowly. But there's this next thing that they do, and uh, it, it makes a point. Have you ever seen that where there's one guy out in the front, and then they're pushing all together? What that does is breaks the enemy line. It breaks it up from the trench warfare that they may have been in. And sometimes it does take someone that's a little eager beaver to jump out in front and say, I'm going to go. And as long as the rest of us stay fully convinced that this is the path, that I have the peace that God gave me. I have that breastplate of righteousness. I will continue to stand together. Then we join together and we make a shield's wall. Everybody say, shields up. This is God's way of doing it right here. Or you can stand alone and make your own mountains that you'll never be able to climb. Jesus already handled it. It's done. All you got to do is stand together and stand fully convinced. This morning I prayed for my own grandmother. You know how, how it's not humiliating. I don't know the word for it, but it's just like, am I enough? The same thing that Steph and I talked about. This is my grandmother. She talked. Sorry, guys. Yeah, just hold it for a second right there. See, shields require action. you got to work it out a little bit. I haven't been working out. Y'all can take those home. Those are your weights. Uh, don't, actually, I need them for decoration. Uh, <laughs> right? I stood there, and Mimi came up for me to pray for. Her. And in my head, I saw her walking. I'm, I'm just being honest. Can we be honest? I was standing there, and I was like, God, I can't pray for Mimi. She, like, she taught me what I know. Like she's, she's beyond me. And I heard it. It's like, well, do you think you're doing it anyways? I was like, oh. That's right, because I was standing over here saying, I guess my faith has got to be enough to make sure that Mimi gets what she's asking for, because if she doesn't, she's not going to believe God. Guess what? She believed in God a long time before I was here. And she will continue to. And the second I stood there, I said, as I started praying, I was still battling with that. And, all, and I'm telling you the truth. I'm not, again, I'm not saying I'm also spiritual. I'm just saying, I stood there and I said, you know what? She's in, in agreement with me. And my son Levi, she told me, my son. I love my son Levi. I love all my kids. But Levi sometimes just says the darndest things. They're, sometimes they're like, oh, what are you talking about? And sometimes they're like, that's pretty good. And Mimi was telling him that she was, she was having trouble raising her arms. And he said, well, Mimi, just raise them anyways. God will heal you. Childlike faith. And I bet if I know my Mimi, she said, well, okay. And she probably struggled through it. But you know what? It instilled that he's fully convinced now. Because she conjoined her faith with his. And when we pray together, when we stay together, when we do shields up. They're getting better, guys. (laughs) They're getting poked by lots of screws in there, right? When we do that, all of a sudden, it says God meets us here. And when he meets us here, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Anything going on in life has to submit itself to this faith. Standing fully convinced. Thank you guys. You can set them all down. Thank you for all of our Roman, our Roman infantry here. So I'm wrapping it up right here, guys. That was my message on it. But I still think it's the same thing with the shoes of peace and the righteousness. It's this right here. I want to show you something that the the, the work and action that we have to do. And this is in Hebrews 4.11. Remember I told you this was going to be a big key piece of it. Hebrews 4.11 says it this way right here. It says, Let us therefore labor to enter into the rest, lest any man fall. Labor to rest. The only actions of this, like I said earlier. The only labor, the only work. That you're entitled and you have to do is to stay in the rest to stay fully convinced that is your reasonable work as scripture says that's what you have to stand there and do is stand in the rest now i hear you i hear you don't worry that's great jared But how do i do that tomorrow right It's all well and good and the funny little shields and shields up. And we walk in here on Sunday and say, shields up. And then we walk out Monday and throw the shield down and say, let me get this other one because they ain't here with me today. They're not going to my job today. They're not messing with my family like I have to mess with my family. So you pick up that other shield immediately and you say, God, I know you got that. I know you got my eternal soul, but I don't know that you got Monday morning. Don't we? I'm not like condemning you. I do it every day. We do it. Some of you will do it before we walk out of this place. We'll start worrying about where we're going to eat. The Lord has provided. <laughs> Try that. See if you get a free meal out of it. <laughs> it's like the Lord has provided. This I'm just kidding. Don't do that because then they'll think we're flakes, fruits, and nuts. Don't do that. <laughs> you know the funny thing is though. Every time I've went with Jr. to that, I'm just letting y'all know that 7-Eleven. If you go at the right time, they just give you free stuff. Every time I've went in with this man, we go in, we get these big double gulps, and they're like, ah, just go ahead. I'm like, this feels like I'm stealing. And JR's like, okay. Like, they know Jr. I guess, very well, right? It's provided. He doesn't worry about it. 7-Eleven provided his big gulp. <laughs> but how do you do it Monday? Here's my last two points for you guys. Faith, the shield of faith requires action, and it requires joining together. So here's your two things for the week. Here's your, your homework. For the week. The first one, the action, is to stand fully convinced. It's the first thing you've got to do. My challenge to you for that, I said James 2, 26 says, faith without works is dead. There's actually a whole chapter there about how faith versus works versus you got to work if you don't have faith. And it goes on and on. It really gives you a great understanding of the work of rest and how you have to stand in faith. But I want you to read Hebrews 4, Every morning, every morning, it's a short, short verse, okay? Let us therefore labor to enter into the rest, lest we fall of the example of unbelief, is actually how that scripture finishes out there. Read it every morning. Again, if you've got to put it on the back of your phone or something like that, that is your action to try to remind yourself that that's your fight, that's your battle. that's where you stand. This is how you fight your battles, is that song we sing, right? Now, here's a little bit more of a practical one, too. So that is a reminder. Y'all ever have reminders on your phone, Right? And it stays there and stays there. But you don't ever forget that you need to do it. But then you're like, I don't have time to do it. Now, here's the practical. This is the reminder. Ding! Every morning. As a matter of fact, set you a reminder every morning, whatever time you wake up. And make the title of your alarm. Because I know most of you guys all use your phone for the alarm. If you have a real alarm clock, put a piece of post-it note over it. But put it on there. Make it the title of the alarm. Hebrews 4.11. Read it. Make it your first task when you wake up in the morning. Then I want you to do this right here. I want you to find somebody that's in this room this morning. Can't be your spouse, somebody else. Swap contact info with them. And every day, at some point throughout the day, no, that doesn't count either. (laughs) Every day, call them at some point in the day, whatever works for the two of you, and encourage each other. Join your faith together. How do I do that? You can pray together, that's one way to do it. You can share Your stories and experiences throughout life. It doesn't have to be something that happened right now. Guess what? God's good yesterday, today, and forever. So you can share something that happened a year ago, six months ago, 20 years ago, that you know God, that can build that person's faith. Share stories with each other. That's another way. Pray. Share stories with each other. And share in the load. If they're going through a rough time, that's what the prayer is for. Praying together in all supplication, with everything in you, praying together. And that's your challenge for the week. So if you don't have a partner, just know you left someone else exposed too. Because it's not just one. Let's not all stand alone. Let's join together. So that's your challenge. Hebrews 4.11 every morning. And find somebody. Find somebody. Swap contact with them. And say, we're either going to pray together, we're going to share stories together. I don't care if you go have coffee, I don't care if you do it over the phone, I don't care what you do. Every day, try to connect with them and join your faith together. And watch how your faith begins to build. Watch how you begin to stand fully convinced. And it's no longer you're worried about, i got to do this and I've got to get this done. I don't know how I'm going to. Watch how when you join together, there he is in the midst. That's your challenge for the week. Find somebody. Do that.